0: Fire up over one-timer. scar Nathan McKinnon with an absolute laser beam. One times it through Vasilevsky. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, this is a tie hockey game.
1: Three on two for the Avalanche.
0: Manson McKinnon back for Manson. Tapped over. Score! And McKinnon has tallied and gives the Avalanche a two-to-one lead.
1: Two seconds, one second. It's over. They did it. They did it. The job is done. The Colorado
0: Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions, and they will lift Lord Stanley a mile high. They're pouring off the
2: has defeated tampa in six games Look to claim their third cup ladies and gentlemen the cup is coming back to
1: colorado
0: don't call it a comeback i'll have hair for years
1: wake up in the morning feeling like P. D. diddy hey, up, Grab my glasses i'm out the door i'm gonna hit this city Let's before go. i leave brush my teeth with a bottle of jack because when i leave for the night i Coming back, I'm talking
0: Live
2: from the Findlay Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios
0: On this channel we are sophisticated worldly people and as such it takes a lot to impress us Oh my god that cloud looks like a dog! Are you, are you seeing this?
2: This is the Press Box
0: Being out there against the Nets I realized that basketball is an impossible sport played by giants and gods With Graney and Bischoff Tweet it, talk it, put it in your pocket. I've made a flimsy take and I'm proud of it.
2: On ESPN Las Vegas.
0: Shout out to a simpler time in America when all of us were captivated by the California Raisins.
2: Here we go. It's Ed, Tyler, Danny, teams back together. Uh, First of all, how long was that guy wanting to say they will lift a cup a mile high?
0: Oh, it's a good line. Yeah, He, he should, he, that he should have thinking, led with that. Why'd he say like seven sentences before that I line? I know. That's a he, great he was line. thinking
2: about that at the beginning of the flight. He was thinking about that like in the middle of the year. Like, you know what? If they win the cup, I'm going to say they're going to lift it a mile high.
0: And he might have thought about that like last year. Yeah. They were awesome last <laughs> season <laughs> until the Golden Knights <laughs> beat him. That might be like two or three years <laughs> in the making.
2: <laughs> oh, I love when those things happen. It's like, yeah. Uh, uh, Scully, maybe, you know, <laughs> no, how was your trip, buddy?
0: Uh, it was a good trip. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 will start with a complaint, obviously. Well, obviously. Yeah. You, you, um, of course I, I, my final flight, it was out of Denver, right? A lot of avalanche fans, the uh, avalanche fans at Denver airport. Wait, is this
2: going or coming home? Coming home. Okay.
0: And so the final flight is out of Denver back to Las Vegas. And the way it was timed up, we got on the plane when the second period was about to start, and our flight was long enough that we would probably get to see the entirety of the end of the game. Southwest has free live TV, including ABC, could watch the whole game, but their Wi-Fi didn't work, and nobody on the plane could actually watch the game. Oh, nightmare. I mean, they're, a disaster. They're just in like the seven or eight sections around me that I could actually see, there had to have been six seven people that were trying to get a computer or a phone or a tablet to work so they could watch it nightmare
2: and nothing worked this completely no. off
0: no did not work what uh, a disaster it was, yeah it was. it was it was it's like the, the leaving denver southwest get your wi-fi together come on good people trip otherwise the though last two. yeah i mean other than other than you know the wi-fi not working it was it was a great trip great vacation
2: you needed that you needed to recharge
0: well, I'm going on two more vacations <laughs> in July, so
2: I've
0: been doing a lot of that. Rechar-
2: you're, you're doing a lot of recharging.
0: Well, one of those vacations is to Mississippi. Not much of a vacation, though. Not well, a lot of recharging, get... taking care of farm animals.
2: We'll get to Oh, that's right. You, when you go home, you you in charge?
0: No. In charge? No. I just have a list of chores to do. That's all.
2: Boy, she really welcomes you home.
0: She does. She's probably been working on that for a couple of years. The First Bite. Are the Avalanche starting a dynasty?
2: The Golden Knights better hope not. <laughs> they better hope not, man. This is a young, good, terrific team. And uh, watching it last night, and they're saying how young they are. And Kyle is like ten years old, winning the con Smythe and <laughs> winning the winning the Norris. So and he, he won the Stanley Cup and winning all these awards. Him and Bobby Orr, and um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're they're really good. You know, things happen. Injuries happen, as we saw with the Knights. You just never know what's going to occur. But if they stay healthy, man, they're really good.
0: Nine of their top 11 uh, by minutes played in the postseason are under the age of 30. Wow. And, like, you know, to compare to the Golden Knights, the Golden Knights obviously didn't make the postseason, but the Golden Knights, if they do make a deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs this next season, it's going to be about four or five of 11 are under the age of 30 for Vegas. So it is a potential massive window for Colorado. And then here's here's the other part. If you look at how good they were, they never trailed in a series during the postseason. They went 16-4 and overall in the postseason. Their expected goals rate in the playoffs was 58.5%. To compare that to the last couple of seasons when Tampa won the Cup, Tampa's first Cup, they were only at 49% expected goals. Over the entire playoff run, and then at 53%. Tampa was not like this dominant juggernaut team. They were good, but they were not dominant by any means. And if you go round by round, Colorado in the first round, 67% expected goals. Second round, 58% expected goals. Third round, 59%. And then here in the Stanley Cup final, 58%. And to kind of compare it to the regular season, over the last eight regular seasons, only one time has a team had an expected goals over the course of a regular season higher than 58%. And that was the Colorado Avalanche last season. And they just did that against four straight playoff teams of 58% or better. There's There was no like stat padding against the Arizona Coyotes in the postseason. Like You, you play good teams. So this team is young and really good. But here's the one thing. Hockey is hard and hockey is dumb. I think it seems like too obvious that Colorado's going to go on some dynasty run here, but it's not, it's way too hard in this sport where Colorado, I mean, they might get bounced in the first round next year. Yeah. Cause that's just what happened. I mean, hell, they were up two games to nothing on Vegas last season and then just lost four straight.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and like I said, injuries, you don't know what's going to happen. They could get a little complacent cause they finally won one, how motivated they would be. That's why I thought what Tampa did was pretty amazing to get there three times, win two, because it's, you know, the complacency sets in, especially after two in a row, you've had the cup, you've done your little celebrations. Well, a lot of celebrations with those guys, but I mean, it's, it's easy to become complacent and say, okay, do we really want to work as hard? Do we want to, you know, put in the time we never get summer vacations and to do it three straight years to me was pretty amazing, but not everyone, not every team's going to do that. Um, so if they don't get complacent though, if they don't have a lot of injuries, they're gonna be the best team. Now again, that doesn't mean much, like you said, they could lose, you know, as they did to the Knights last year. But we've said, we said on the show um uh much like the Raiders, I think we both believe uh that the Knights have like a three year window. And they kinda better hope that they're really good and something happens to the Avalanche in those three years.
0: Right. It's a it's a brutal time to be in a three year window. And and again, the Golden Knights might be able to make some moves that extend that three-year window, but based on the current roster, that's kind of where they're at. It's a, it's a three-year window. And it's a brutal time because Colorado is better and Colorado is younger. And that's not a good thing when you look out there saying, hey, we need to win the Stanley Cup and there's a team in your conference that's both better and younger than you. Like, Kale, Kale McCarr is better than anybody the Golden Knights have, right? Right. right. And he's 23, he's years, 23 old. years old. 23 years old. Like, that's ridiculous to think that the Golden Knights, most likely to win the Stanley Cup, are going to have to beat this Colorado team in the postseason. And again, they did it last year. We just saw them do it. But they're going to have to do it again and then actually win some more series to win a Stanley Cup. That's going to be the hard part for Vegas, is that this team is going to exist. And it's very easy to envision the Golden Knights being a good team over the next three seasons, the Golden Knights being legitimate Stanley Cup contenders over the next three seasons and running into Colorado a couple of times and getting knocked out of the postseason simply because Colorado's really good and just on a slightly different level than the Golden Knights. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know. I mean, I and like you said, we don't know who's going to be on the team next year. They still have to. We're going to talk about Riley Smith and, and what's going on with him at the top of the nine o'clock hour, what they're going to do there. We'll talk to Ken Bulky at 830 and try to get all that information. But we still don't know what the roster makeup is going to be, but we do know the Colorado Rock, excuse me, the Colorado Avalanche's roster next year, and it's just better. Um, yeah. So you know, I mean, it, it can happen. I mean, weird things happen. You know, the the Rangers kind of go farther than people thought they would this year. They're winning games. You know, the the uh, Tampa Bay wins is what two or three game sevens. So you just never knows what's going to happen but man you watch that team last night and when they're carrying the cup around you just see young guy young guy young guy um and you know it's McKinnon. um they're they're really good and i just think the i think the knights better make some roster moves that put them in position to where they can compete with these guys and who's and you know i'm not even going to i'm not even uh, to say the knights are the second best team right now in the, in in, in oh. their west I don't, I don't i mean i don't think we can say that with any kind of certainty
0: yeah, I don't. I don't think we can't either until we see what the what the team off season is. actually shakes out for. Because they've got to do something. They signed if they're signing Riley Smith, they got to do something else. Yeah. There's going to have to be another move in there, or else they're fielding a team of like twelve skaters over the course of the entire season. Um, what's more incredible uh, that the gold that the Avalanche dented the Stanley Cup during their <laughs> celebrations <laughs> before beautiful. it even left the ice, That's or that Corey Perry has now lost the Stanley Cup three straight years on three different teams.
2: Corey Perry, because I think the Avalanche were already drunk. I think there weren't water bottles after the game. They had already <laughs> snuck some stuff in there, and they started drinking right away. So, Corey Perry, poor, I mean, can you imagine? And how about Pierre B- Edward Balamar? You know who he was on last year? He's on the oh, Avalanche that's right. last year. That's I mean, right. that, that's just brutal. Corey Perry, I, you got to feel for that guy. Three straight on three different teams, and he can't lift the cup. Yeah, but, uh, and the f- – I mean, denting the cup, That I don't know if we were even surprised at that. They're completely out of their heads.
0: <laughs> the Corey Perry thing is incredible because he spent, like, what, his entire career, what was it, like 14, 15 years with Anaheim, right? and then goes to Dallas for one season, and Dallas makes a run, beats the Golden Knights, makes a run to the Stanley Cup final, but loses to Tampa. Then he goes to Montreal for a year, who also, like Dallas, makes sort of a surprise run, beats the Golden Knights but loses to Tampa in the Stanley Cup final. So Corey Perry's like, all right, I right, I'm, I'm, I had enough of this. I'm just going to go to Tampa. Now, and win a team that has beaten me twice in a row. And Tampa, maybe we shouldn't say surprise, but they were third in their division. A little bit of a surprise run to the Stanley Cup final. And this time they lose to Colorado. Yeah. It's unbelievable that that happened for Corey Perry. And I'll be completely honest with you. You got to sign him. You have to sign that guy because he's always in the Stanley Cup <laughs> final. And that's... That's a good place to be. Maybe you'll be
2: already on the line with it. his agent?
0: Yes. You got to sign that guy because look, you're guaranteed to be in the final, but that is like that's one of the craziest things is to be on the I don't know if that's happened three before. three straight times. Yeah, for three different There's just teams. no
2: way that's happened before for any for any sport.
0: I mean, how how many teams have how many teams, not players, teams have lost a title three straight times? Is the Buffalo Bills the only team to do it and they did it four times?
2: Yeah, they did it four times. Like They did it four times.
0: Like, normally, just general probability, if you make it to the championship round, championship final, three straight times, you're, you're going to win one of them, right. just on probability. It's going to happen. Like Because to get there, you're a good team. So it's going to happen. And for Corey Perry, it has not happened, which is uh, incredible when you look back at it. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some UNLV basketball because... They have filled out the roster with the last two transfers. Six. You're
2: sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow
0: them on Twitter at EdGraney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. So Kevin Kruger has filled out his roster with two transfers. One, a junior college transfer in Carl Jones. He's a big man, 6'10", 6, 6'11" who averaged 10 points and eight rebounds at Southwest Community College in L.A. last season. They also added last week Shane Noel, a transfer from Arizona State, or excuse me, Arizona, who played in 19 games, 66 total minutes, uh, scored 15 total points last year, but was a four-star top 100 recruit in the class of 2021. Uh, Here's my question for you, Ed. Do either of these guys play more than five minutes per game for UNLV uh, this season?
2: Five minutes? I'm going to say yes on the five minutes. I always kind of pause with these segments only because I know nothing about these guys other than the numbers they bring, and you have to see them. You have to wait till the season starts to see them, but I would think a Juco kid who's you know a little older is going to get more than five minutes. Um, sixth highest score on his Juco team, though. Uh, So that averaged 92 points. Um, He's played, as you said, he's played for three Juco's in three years. Uh, Five minutes, man. I'm going to say yes to five minutes to both of them.
0: So the Carl Jones one is interesting in that, like you just said, He scored 10 points per game at a Juco last year, which is fine, but his Juco averaged 92 points per game, and he was the sixth highest scorer on the team. Like that was a team that was apparently playing very fast and scoring a lot of points. So scoring 10 points per game for that team, probably not all that impressive. And if you look at his previous two seasons where he was at two different junior colleges, less than three points per game at both of those stops. Based on that, I have a hard time seeing that this guy is actually playing for UNLV this season, like playing significant minutes because it's not that UNLV has a massive gaping hole at the center position. They have three guys that can play there in David Walker, Vicky Walker, and Isaiah Cottrell who all have put up Division I numbers, not junior college numbers. They put up Division One numbers. And I don't know exactly where Carl Jones fits in right now Unless Kevin Krueger wants to play with two big men. If he wants to play with two big men this season for like most of the games or most of the minutes, then he would be in a four-man rotation, I would assume, to play there. But it just feels like UNLV didn't really accomplish anything by adding Carl Jones. And yeah. we might be saying the same thing about Shane Noel too. Like a guy who barely played for Arizona last year. Arizona was really good. This could be another Donovan Williams-type situation. But this is just like... We talked about what UNLV needs coming into the postseason, and what they needed was somebody that was as good as, if not better, than Bryce Hamilton. And they have not landed that. And with two scholarships left, I thought they would be more patient and wait and hope to try to find like that one guy. But instead, they went and added what's more than likely two depth guys when they have plenty of depth guys on well, the
2: Well, do they have anyone better than Donovan Williams? <sighs>
0: Maybe Elijah Harkless, but not as a scorer. I mean, Elijah Harkless is going to be probably better defensively than anybody they had on the roster last year. But on the offensive end, probably not. I Donovan Williams was the number two scorer on this team. Now right. somebody's going to put up points this year. Well,
2: yeah, someone has to score.
0: Right, but like, is it going to be remotely efficient? Right now, we we don't have any evidence of that. We don't have guys on this roster that have scored either at a high volume or a high efficiency. At the division one level. And so Kevin Kruger added here's here's okay. Here's the overall problem for I think the offseason for UNLV. Kevin Kruger added a lot of talent yeah,
2: a lot the of, transfer yep. portal.
0: I mean, they if you look at anybody who's done transfer portal rankings, UNLV's probably in the top 10 for like talent added out of the transfer portal. There is no doubt about it, they added really good players out of the transfer portal. They're probably gonna be a top 50 defense, and maybe even better than that because of the players they got out of the portal the problem with the offseason though is that unlv lost four of its top five scores from last year they use the transfer portal to completely build the team up again whereas other teams are using the transfer portal to complement the core mm-hmm. they already had on their mm-hmm. roster if unlv had brought back donovan williams and bryce hamilton and they added all of these you know um Elijah Harkless, Elijah Parquette, Luis Rodriguez, they added all these D1 transfers to Hamilton and Williams. This would be an unbelievable offseason, and we'd be talking about... Talking about the NCAA tournament. That's exactly what we would be doing. But because they had to replace everybody, it feels like they made a lateral step this offseason. It doesn't feel like they did a good enough job this offseason to go to the NCAA tournament, and Carl Jones and Shane Noel don't change that for me. Those two don't, I think, make a... Difference on this team's chances to go to the NCA tournament. They might end up, one of them might end up playing 12, 13 minutes a game and being a useful player, but not to the point where it takes you an LV from fourth or fifth best in the Mountain West to first or second and in the NCA tournament.
2: Well, isn't Shane Noel uh like you said, whether it's Donovan Williams or whoever, they're hoping that a kid just from a power five who didn't play much at all blossoms at this level? Yeah, I mean that's Mountain what West? you're hoping for.
0: And they they Crushed it with Donovan Williams last year. I mean, this was Donovan Williams, is the guy who was not playing at Texas, comes to UNLV and is is a great player. Shoots it well from three when he had barely ever shot a three at Texas, right? They they crushed it with Donovan. Williams. They did very well with Royce Ham too, right? Like they got Williams and Ham both sort of at breakout years. But when you actually go back and look at all of the transfers they got, they they killed it on two. But, like, Jordan McCabe was basically what he was at West Virginia. Victor E. W- was hurt. He was hurt. Uh, so maybe we'll see what he is this year. But I think it's fair to say really good defensively, limited offensively. Mike Nuga underwhelmed. I mean, he was supposed to – I thought he was going to be one of the leading scorers on the team last year. Like, he and Bryce Hamilton were both going to be over 15 points per game. He underperformed. And then Justin Webster came from Hawaii, went from 12 points per game to 5 points per yeah. game. Like, they they – did really well on two transfers. The rest of them were kind of what we thought, if not underwhelming. So, yes, you can look at Donovan Williams and say, oh, yeah, that's that's what they're going to get out of Shane Noel. But they've got five more transfers, Division One transfers here. Some are going to work out. Some are not going to work out, just like last season.
2: You think Kruger's going to end up being one of those guys who's good at developing guys who don't play elsewhere?
0: Uh, Maybe. I think – I mean, we, we saw that with Donovan Williams. I think it's going to be if, – if we do this every single year, right, if we're talking and every offseason – one or season, two
2: guys like Ham or Williams?
0: Right. It, but if we're talking about rebuilding the entire roster every offseason, then they're going to have a breakout player every single year. If they're bringing in five or six Division One transfers well, – someone's going to be, gonna their, be the player. Right. It, it's just – it's going to happen. Just it. probability it's, right. it's going to happen and somebody's got to score – if they get to a point where they actually have a core in place for two or three seasons, which might not ever happen in college basketball, then we might not see that breakout happen because there won't be the available minutes like there are this offseason and like there were last offseason right, right. too. So I just, I don't know. I just overall, I look at where UNLV's roster is and the talent they have, and I don't think they did a good enough job to call this an NCAA tournament team. They did a good enough job to build a competitive team. What should be a good team? In the Mountain West, could be don't a really think, good
2: defensive team,
0: right? But I don't think they did enough to say, "Yep, this is an NCAA tournament team." And if they do go to the NCAA tournament, Kevin Kruger will have done an incredible job at developing offensive talent. Yeah. If this team yeah. is in the NCAA tournament, they the the sum of its current parts offensively is going to be significantly yep. better than what we have on paper.
2: So neither of their guys got drafted.
0: Yeah, which wasn't much of a surprise. No. Um,
2: I thought, well, either of them, Donovan Williams, late second round, if anyone was going to get drafted.
0: uh, So they're both going to summer league. Bryce Hamilton's with the heat and Donovan Williams is with the Nets. Do you think either one makes an NBA team?
2: No. I don't know. You mean out out of of camp? Or even invited invited to camp?
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be a struggle
2: to get invited to camp.
0: So I'm curious to see if Bryce Hamilton has any sort of breakout potential in the summer league because... The, here here's the big complaint or complaint here's the big problem for Bryce Hamilton his game is ball in his hands create his own shot but he's not super efficient at it so what that means is is if he's on an nba roster what what does he bring to that team right. he's not a good defender he's not a good three point shooter he's got to have the ball in his hands but he's not good enough to be the number one guy he's not good oh, enough no. to be the number one guy in a second unit no. so he doesn't really have a spot on an nba roster but i'm curious to see on a summer league team he might be the best at creating his shots on a summer league team. And there's a chance that the Miami Heat are like, yeah, Bryce Hamilton, here's 20-plus minutes a game. You're the best at creating your own shot. Go do that for 20 minutes in a summer league game. He, I, I think you there mean, is a slight chance. good enough to got,
2: where maybe he's invited to
0: camp? Yeah, I think there's a chance that he has, that he scores enough because it's a summer league roster, not an NBA roster, that he's got the ball in his hands enough, that he scores enough, that he, he impresses at summer league and gets an invite. Well, I still think he's going to have the overall problems of making the roster, but oh, I yeah. think there's a chance yeah. for that for Bryce Hamilton.
2: Donovan Williams. I'm not so sure he could be that guy with us, even with a summer league team.
0: No, he is. He, he I very don't know how much, much. He's going to play. Right. He very much fits into a specific role on an NBA team, long athletic wing. That should be good defensively and should be good shooting the three, right? That's where his role is. Now, you can make an NBA roster. You can play big minutes. Like That's a coveted thing in the NBA if he's good enough at it. If his 44% from three this past season at UNLV is real, then Donovan Williams has a legitimate shot to be in the NBA at some point in his career. But he won't have the sort of break I, – I don't think he'll have – the sort of breakout summer league performance that yeah. Bryce Hamilton could have just because his role not is never going to be – Right, his role is never going to be, here's the ball, go right. score. Go, go,
2: go get a basket.
0: That's not what he's exactly here to do. Coming up next, we got a new addition to the show. Andy Yamashita joins us from the Review Journal. Gray to trigger the inbound. Aces down three. Looking for Young. Young penetrates inside. Step back. Jumper for three. Jackie Young hits it. Jackie Young nails the three. Oh, mercy. So Gray will now inbound in front of the Mystics bench. Fires it into Plum. Plum has it. Aces are down four. Stokes sets a pick plumb step back three boom shakalaka boom kp cuts it from four to three just like that we're back to the press box morning show with ed graney and tyler bischoff joining us now from the review journal is andy yamashida andy correct me if i mispronounce your last name normally i'd feel bad about mispronouncing somebody's last name but for those of you that don't know andy might not know how to spell his own last name because at aces media day Mike Gramala said that his nameplate was misspelled, and Andy said, no, it wasn't, and in fact, it was
2: misspelled. Oh, I never heard that story.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Hi, Andy, <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good, and to be fair, I didn't see it because the part that they usually misspell was spelled right. They're missing an A, No. <laughs> people know. Um, you, you almost got it. It's Yamashita, but no one really pronounces it right. It's all good.
0: Okay. All right. I will. I look forward to putting so, it a few more hold times. Hold on. But... We're,
2: we're just going to blame Jiggy on this, the PR guy for the Aces.
1: <laughs> Let's just blame Jiggy. Bad. I can't. I can't throw Jiggy under the bus. But uh, you know, it got it got messed up somewhere along there. But it's all good. But all right, Andy.
0: Help me out here. Two losses in a row. It, it's got to be time to fire Becky Hammond, right? It was a good run, but two <laughs> losses in a row. What are they doing?
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Obviously. They had such a hot start to the season, and this is really the first time that they've been beaten
0: two games in a row.
1: Their first two losses, I don't want to say there were excuses, but there were understandable reasons. Losing to the Mystics after a brutal day of travel that had some logistical delays the first game, and then their second loss came against Connecticut when Jackie Young was injured for most of the fourth quarter. Chelsea Gray takes an elbow to the face halfway through the first quarter. This is a top-heavy team. If your starters aren't there, it's going to be hard to win. Um, these last two games, they've been interesting. Obviously, you have the historic comeback against Chicago, uh, by Chicago, which you never want to be on the wrong side of that. And then against the Mystics, this overtime thriller that you heard the highlights from. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a rough patch. They're playing the starters a lot of minutes. They're looking. They're not looking forward to the All Star break, but that's definitely something on their mind. I think, like it's coming up, it's on the horizon. It'd be hard not to look at it a bit. But yeah, it'll be an important game for them to get back on track because I know that Becky does not like to lose two losses in a row. Something she's never faced as a coach before. It'll be interesting.
2: Boom Shakalaka is right. That was very. Really, that was yeah. very emotional and a uh, huge, huge, uh, huge overtime. Uh, you talk about. You know, we've talked about it all year. How good their starters are. You know, the starting five is the best in the league. But what do we always fall back on is, yeah, what are they going to do with the bench? How close are they, Andy, to like one injury, one serious injury, to just coming back to the pack? I mean, how how, how close are they to if something happened not not just like with Jackie and or Chelsea, or just one of them, but like a serious serious injury that they would come back to the pack quickly? Or do you still think that they'd be good enough to try to get it done?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. This is a super top-heavy team. Most of the money is invested in those five starters. I think one season in the injury to any of them, and this is absolutely a wide-open race. I think it's already a wide-open race. Both the teams that they've lost to, Washington, Chicago, these last two, Connecticut earlier this season, those are all legitimate title contenders. You know, it's not like the Aces are beating up on bad teams, but something to be considered. Every team that's beaten them is like a legitimate title contender. So I definitely don't think it's like the Aces are running away with this. Obviously, they had that great start, but I was always trying to look at it as things are never as great as they look and things are never as bad as they look. They've lost these last two games. It probably doesn't feel too great in their locker room right now, but this is still a really good team, but that depth could be, absolutely go from being something to worry about to something to really worry about in a matter of of games
0: is the aces miss twice get a slice the best in-game promotion you've ever seen
1: (laughs) it's pretty good and fans definitely get into it the emotion i would say that they have After a player misses their first one is pretty incredible. And Shakira Austin for the mistakes missed two in the last game. Fans got some. I I tweeted that and had some fans respond saying that it was good pizza, too. I wouldn't know. I don't get vouchers for it, but, you know, they uh, seem to have a good one there.
2: Come on, you get free parking. What do you (laughs) want? Now you you want a slice of pizza?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right.
2: in all seriousness about Becky Hammond, uh, what have you taken from her uh, in terms of other coaches you've covered? Uh, she's very honest. Let's be let's let's put that out there, which I really like about her. Um, but you know what? What have you taken about her about she, how she's dealt with this team, which is pretty talented, and trying to find it seems each game afterwards, even if they're good, she's like, "Yeah, we were good," but it's almost like each game she's trying to challenge them uh, so they don't become complacent.
1: Absolutely. I've taken a lot from being able to cover Becky Hammond. It's an incredible experience, to be honest, to hear her talk about basketball, to hear what she has to say, her thoughts on the game. And she really emphasizes that she wants to play the right way. And I think in these last two games, you've really seen what she means by that. One of the other things she said is that this team, with the amount of talent this starting lineup has, has to fight its own nature to play the way she wants to play. She talks about how she has so many players who can take over a game, Asia, Jackie, Kelsey, that at times the ball becomes stagnant. It stops moving. You see players look for their own shot, hunt their own shot. And I think that's part of why they've lost these last two games. You know, that first game, that 41-point first quarter, was incredible to watch. It was just the ball was moving. Shots were going down. Everything they wanted to do on the basketball court happened. That after that, saw them get complacent and get a little comfortable with that lead all of a sudden players looking for their own shots the ball doesn't move and that's what the system's designed to do you stop moving the ball you stop finding good shots I think in the last game even near the end Jackie hits that crazy shot yes but again you saw the ball stick you saw players looking for their own points a little bit too much instead of just trusting that the ball would find them in open positions and that is what Becky wants. She'll always talk about playing the game the right way. For her, that means moving the ball, sharing the ball, finding good, great shots, not good shots. And it's something that will have to continue to work on, I think. It's not something that comes naturally to a lot of teams. It requires a lot of investment and trust. And Becky holds them to a really high standard. All that starts with Asia Wilson, too. She's always quick to say that this team, she wouldn't be able to coach this team the way she is right now. If Asia wasn't the first player who wanted to be coached like that, who was willing to take her lumps and to be held responsible for plays that maybe she isn't doing what the team needs, and she lets Becky call her on that, and I think it it says a lot about Asia as a star, as a star that you can build around too. So I've been I've been impressed by Becky. I mean, obviously the stats and the Historic offense, the uh, win-loss record, speak for themselves. I don't know how NBA teams interviewed her and didn't take her as a serious candidate. She's that right. smart about basketball. It's, it's evident from her press conferences.
0: I've got two uh, predictions I need from you on UNLV basketball. The first one, who leads the team in scoring next season?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> Obviously, with Donovan Mitchell, not or not Mitchell, Donovan Williams not coming back, that's a huge loss in your scoring potential right there. That's a lot of what he did in that hybrid six-man role, if you even want to call him that. I really think he was just a starter. I'm going to go with Shane Noel. Oh, I saw what his brother okay. do at Washington. Jalen Noel, who's now uh, reserved with the Timberwolves. I saw a bit of what he did at high school. I think... Obviously, he didn't really get the chance to do that at Arizona. That's going to be my real early pick. But I think this will be a good defensive team based on the players they've brought in, based on the players they already had. Scoring might be an issue. That'll definitely be something to watch early.
0: Second prediction from you. Who plays in an NBA game first, Bryce Hamilton or Donovan Williams?
1: Man, that's also a really tough question. I think, just for a straight-up answer, I think Donovan Williams. I think his skill set is a little more fine-tuned for the NBA. He's got the length. He's got the size. I think part of why he left could have been that he shot over 40% from three-point range, which he was very picky about which shots he wanted, but hitting them at 43%, that's a good clip. Scouts will like that. Teams will like that. I think... I think Bryce Hamilton obviously proved himself to be a better college player. The questions about his size, about his defense, will make it so that he might have a tougher path to the NBA. So Donovan Williams is my gut just right now guess. But, yeah, I mean, you never know. Bryce Hamilton proved to a lot of people that he could play at the college level. So he's got that pedigree, I guess, that maybe Donovan doesn't have. So you never know.
0: All right, Andy, before before we let you go, Yamashita? Yamashita. The I no is silent.
2: Yamashita. No chance I was getting right. that.
1: I'm right. a colleague with remember. this kid,
2: and I didn't even know that.
0: The I <laughs> is silent. Yamashita. Okay. Oh. Andy Yamashita. Andy, as always, we appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Andy. Thank you so much for joining Take us. Care, uh, thanks for
1: having me on, guys. I appreciate you not giving me the 7 a.m.
0: So.
2: Oh, it's yeah. 7.30 not- is <laughs> good.
1: Yeah. I can make 7.30 Thanks, Andy.
2: Worse. Thanks, Andy. So right. there no is no Andy chance I knew that.
0: Yamashita from the Review Journal. No Coming up next, Ole Miss won a national championship. It's the press box with Granny and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Somebody fired Danny. What are you playing that for? Get out of here. Ole Miss won the College World Series. Nobody cares about professional baseball on Sunday. There you go. You Ole can, miss-
2: you're going to get a, a shirt or a hat?
0: okay i got an email right at like right after Miss won the national championship i went and clicked on the link a few like probably 20 minutes later and the two shirts that i was like oh i would like to buy that one already sold out of everything that wasn't small or 3x
2: it's i'm telling you i got the same email I think we're probably on, you're probably on the Ole Miss uh, alum and I'm on some kind of weird thing where when teams win championships, I got one for Colorado Avalanche last night too. (laughs) Like if you want to wear the gear or something like that, the gear is available. Um, So there were no Ole Miss shirts you liked after that.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were still some that I probably wouldn't end up buying, but yeah, the two that I wanted already sold out of any reasonable size um which is unfortunate but i'll get one eventually just to have one that says ole miss and national champions on it yeah, absolutely the, uh, the uh, here's the again the amazing thing about ole miss winning the national championship they were the last at large team into the nca tournament and their head coach mike bianco he might have legitimately gotten fired had they either a missed the nca tournament or b like, got knocked out in the regional. Just got if out they, in the regional. Yeah, if they just didn't win the regional, Mike Bianco might have been fired. Well, because today he's,
2: extre- today he's and, agreeing to a five-year contract Yeah, suspension. and <laughs> now they won the national
0: championship. Like, it's insane how, like, this team, they got ranked number one in the country early in the season. Like, I think they had maybe played one SEC series. It was, like, non-conference schedule. They played Tennessee, and Tennessee crushed them. And Tennessee leapt up to number one and then from that point forward almost finished the sec season under 500 they went in as like the what like the 11th seed or something in the sec tournament and lost their first game and were out still got in the ncaa tournament and they were the most dominant college baseball team that you've ever seen once the ncaa tournament started they lost one game one time in the entire college world series from regional to super regional to the college world series they lost once their team era was under two in the entire uh nca tournament like they just suddenly became the most unstoppable baseball team that you've ever seen at the college level
2: so and i forget his name you probably remember his name because if you do this in 2022 with uh those kind of bats and those kind of kids and how they that how they hit who's the kid who pitched nine innings uh
0: uh, Delucia. Lu- okay.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. But I, I'm sorry. In college baseball today, it's a hitter's game. Well, it's been a hitter's game forever in terms of when, with those bats and how strong these kids are. You pitch that, a shutout in college baseball today. That's amazing. That, that, that's like amazing. People don't realize how amazing that is. I don't care how good you are. I mean, and you're, you're in, you're in a, you're in a, uh situation where a team also got to the national title or the national series and you, you do that. I don't know who that kid is, but I heard that I'm like they they put that on the Dodger game last night. They put up his numbers. I'm like I don't know who that kid is, but that's a that that does not happen in in 2022 in college baseball.
0: Ever. Yeah, he he ended up winning um the whatever most outstanding. Yeah, player well he awards. should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why don't by the way why don't they call it MVP in college sports? They do that in college basketball too. It's the most, most outstanding. outstanding player. What are they afraid to use the word value yeah. because that could lead to everyone's valuable in college. Well, that, that if they put value out there, they'll be like, oh, you got to pay him. He's valuable, right? <laughs> I, I, I get that's got to be what it is, right? Somebody along the way is like, well, we can't call him valuable. Then they'll demand right. some money around right. here. That's got to be what it is. So, yes, Ole Miss won a national championship. I did get to watch that on the plane because it was during my first flight yesterday and the Wi Fi did work, unlike on my second flight back. But yeah, it was, uh, I, I am stunned they actually won something. And here's the funny part. Mississippi State won it last year. Yes, like back-to-back yes. years, two Mississippi teams. Yep. And probably and here's the thing. Both Ole Miss and Mississippi State usually pretty good at baseball. But this was definitely not the best Ole Miss team that Mike Bianco's had. He's been there for like two or three decades. And last year's Mississippi State team probably wasn't the best Mississippi State team that they've had playing baseball. And yet those are the two that end up winning the national championship. So I might need to start telling you college baseball's dumb just like I tell you um, that hockey's done because they shouldn't Ole Miss should not have won the national championship. This Did year, they
2: win any have. national titles when you were there in anything?
0: No, no, no. Um, I think we had some good, uh, track athletes that might've won some individual stuff, but nothing. Th- this is like, this is the best accomplishment for Ole Miss athletics since like the sixties when they won some national championship in football for going nine Oh and one or something <laughs> like that. Like they've got three national championships from the sixties, but like, they played nine games and like three other schools probably claimed the title that year too. But <laughs> this is the biggest thing that's happened in three or four decades wow. for Ole Miss sports. Like the football team has had some fun seasons, but they normally cap out at nine or 10 wins. So they have a and fun like, coach. Right. And like, ah, the coach is fun and you won the sugar bowl, but you didn't actually play in the playoff or you right. didn't actually have a chance like that. They Ole Miss has never played in the sec title game ever. No, in college football, they have never played in the SEC title game. They have split the West Division one time, but they lost the tiebreaker to LSU because they lost head to head to LSU, and that's the only time they've even been tied for number one in their division. Wow. They have never in football played for the SEC title. It kind of sucks being in a division with Alabama.
2: Yeah that that doesn't that doesn't help. Yeah. Was it the any idea if it was the year of Joe Burrow?
0: No, no, no. This is when Eli Manning was there. This was like oh wow, oh, this a while ago. Yeah, whatever. 0-3 oh, or oh four or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Long, long time ago. They they've had some decent teams, right? But they have, but they're never they're never the team that's ten and zero, and it's like oh, if they win their last right. two, they're they're, they're going they're to the, for the National football title. Playoff. Yeah, they 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 always lose an early one, and then like oh, look at that, six in a row to get to nine and three.
2: Did you watch the Dodgers last night.
0: I did not. What did they do?
2: Oh, come on now. This is beautiful. Best win of the year. They're uh, trailing Kenley Jansen 2 0 in the ninth. Strikes Uh-oh. out the first two. Single. Single stolen base. Single. 2 2. Win at 5 3 and 11. God, it oh, was beautiful.
0: I oh, love watching Kenley Take Jansen it. lose for another team. Oh, taking
2: two out of three from the uh, Bravos. <laughs> like that. Oh, yeah. Kenley Jansen. That, you, you have no idea how, how good that felt. Oh, man. And he's good. He's been he's very, very good, good for the no, Braves this good. year. Like I said, yeah. I mean I was I was ready to click off when he struck out the first two. Bellinger of course being one. <laughs> uh what a shock there. Um but yeah. Yeah.
0: How how quick does your TV shut off when the Dodgers game ends after a loss?
2: It shuts off or goes to Netflix <laughs> to watch Peaky Blinders.
0: <laughs> like do you, like do you have to like is there any as soon as the last out is caught is it over? Is it off?
2: It's off. It's off. Okay. That's
0: fun.